Well, listen, we're continuing here in, in chapter 7, verse 1, and let's just read together, and it says, Do not judge. Say that out loud. Do not judge. <laughs> or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. <laughs> this is Jesus talking here, right? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you again for your word. And God, help us to comprehend what you're saying. Apply it to our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, uh, this morning, we'll talk about this passage and, and dealing with judging, judgment. Um, do not judge. Uh, so we'll, we'll deal with that. And, and um, it doesn't seem like really a positive subject in a sense. Um, but uh, how many know all God's words are, are good? They're meant for good, right? They work for the good. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, all God's words work together for the good. And uh, so we're going we're to dive into this this morning. And um, how many realize that making judgments is a, part, a normal part of life? That it's just part of something that we do. Judgments, there's judgments that are made that are a matter of little importance. And there's judgments that are made that have significant importance that are, that are important aspects of life. Um, you know, some of the smaller things. I mean, I know this is uh, time sports is out and baseball and stuff and softball and judgments. How many of you know the umpire makes judgments all the time? And <laughs> sometimes you like them and sometimes you don't. Right? Come on, I've heard it. I've seen it. I've been out there, right? Uh, I hope we don't have anybody in the crowd like that. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, I mean, the crack of the bat, the ball goes into play, and a runner on third comes home, and the fielder gets the ball, and lasers, laser throws it to home, and it's a bang-bang play, and the umpire says, you're out! <laughs> and some people are like, hey! You know, and other people are like, oh! <laughs> Come on, Blue! <laughs> right? <laughs> What's the matter with you, you know? Here, here's your glasses. You not put your glasses on? Use mine, you know? Nobody in here ever does that, right? <laughs> no, no. It's a, it's a judgment call. Thank God they come out with instant replay, at least in the big leagues, right? Uh, we need it more here in the little leagues. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> you know, listen, their life's not on the line, you know, like they're five years old. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what we can see a thousand feet away, you know, that the, the ump can't see three feet away, you know. So we think. <laughs> well, you didn't come here to hear that, right? And I, I didn't come here to tell you that either. But, but there's judgments in life. That's what I'm talking about. Judgments of importance. I mean, uh, judgments. I mean, make going down the road. You make quick judgments. You know, is that 
Man, is that person going to, are they going to turn right in front of me? Are they not, you know, or uh, shopping at the grocery store? You know, is this, is this a good price for this? Or, or is this outrageous? Is eggs gone up or, or what? Yeah. <laughs> Moral judgments. There's judgments that happen in courts all the time that impact, you know, involve sentencing, sometimes life sentencing. There's some huge things. But at the end of this life, we're going to be faced with the biggest judgment of all. Talk about that. But um, we all realize as we walk through life together that daily judgments are regular, right? As we, as we relate to one another. And in this passage that we just read, Jesus addresses the issue of judging. Um, you know, I, I, I'll just mention this because it's on my mind right now. But did you know that in, in, in the past that the most what, what do you think was the most quoted passage of Scripture in years past? What is it? John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But, um, but today, what do you think the most uh, quoted passage is? Matthew 7.1, do not judge. Don't judge me. All right, well, that's what Jesus says. That's not what He said. Do not judge. Do not judge or you're going to be judged. All right, well, that's what he says. What does he mean by that? Because there's a, there's a lot to this. But how do you know that we're in a world where judgments are regularly necessary? Do you believe that? That they're necessary? So what does Jesus mean by saying do not judge? Especially in other places where he says just the opposite. He instructs us to judge. One of those, Matthew, or I'm sorry, John 7, 24 says, Stop judging by mere appearances, Jesus says, but instead judge correctly. That same word used in that verse, that same word krino, that Greek word krino that's used there is the same word he uses here when he says do not judge. So what's he talking about? What's Jesus trying to get to? This is a Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is trying to help us. He's leading us. Remember, he's coming onto the scene here. It's the first recorded sermon that Jesus ever gives, and he's speaking to the followers. He's going to turn this thing around. It's, the world has been shrouded in darkness. Jesus is going to bring light and life and hope, right? And he's preaching this message and he says, do not judge. What he's talking about here is this judgmental attitude. Do not be judgmental. Now I'm going to speak more to that, all right, about the do not judge piece. But do not be judgmental. It's the whole attitude of things, right? You remember some of the people in the crowd involved the Pharisees. They were there. And, and they had modeled judgmental attitudes before the people, and, and the people tend to be like their leaders, right? And it was done all done under the guise of being holy. Isn't it sad that some of the most judgmental people in the world, some of the most critical people in the world are religious people, even church people? And so Jesus here is condemning a judgmental, fault-finding attitude, having a spirit of criticism. And it's like judging, judging versus being judgmental is like the difference. It's a difference between disagreeing and being disagreeable. How I many know? I could, my wife and I can disagree without being disagreeable. You and I can disagree without being disagreeable. There's one thing to make a, a, a healthy judgment on something. It's another thing to have a judgmental attitude, a judgmental spirit. I don't like living around people like that. I don't like being around people like that. Do you? 
you know, we just everything you do, you feel like you're walking on pins and needles, just afraid you're going to do something wrong, you know. And, you know, is this okay? Yeah. And some people might tell you, say, oh, make yourself at home. And you walk in, you're like, you know, I don't know if I can really do that. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't touch that, you know. <laughs> some people, you come in, you just feel free. You just, come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Right? And, and just, just don't like that judgmental stuff. But, um, but there's a difference between making a judgment and being judgmental. And that's really the heart of what Jesus is talking about here. Um, James 4.11 says, do not slander one another. And you slander, you, make a, you made a judgment. And uh, slander, when you go out and you're, 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 trying, you're, you're hurting somebody. You're, you're just intentionally hurting somebody. Right? Attacking their name or their reputation. Don't be judgmental. And, um, and so I'm going to talk about some aspects of judgment in, in making right judgment. So do not judge. Don't be judgmental. Don't be, go around and being critical of one another. The moment I've seen them, they sometimes they just, I don't know, some are just born with that. I, I don't know. They need to be delivered, right? But just, man, it's criticized. I mean, they just, they just see something just negative all the time. How do you know? Just, I, I pray for any children that are raised up in that may God help you and give you strength right you'll know how can you have any kind of self-esteem if just somebody's always looking just ready for you to misstep that how you know that I pray that we don't see God that way and I think sometimes when people look and they read through the Old Testament and they and they anticipate that God is just God just waiting for he's just waiting for you to mess up let me tell you something if God's waiting for us to mess up he doesn't have to wait very long and if he wanted to take us out he'd have plenty of opportunities to do that that's not what he's wanting, right? And when he makes that judgment, it's, it's, it's for the right reasons. And we're going to get to that. But um, these aspects are facets of judgment. Different facets means different sides. Kind of like um, if you got your, uh, maybe you got your wedding ring on and you got that diamond in there and there's, there's so many different sides. There's different facets. Well, there's different facets of judgment. And so, beginning with judgment that's associated with self. Judgment associated with self. And, um, you know, like, like I said earlier, when the fans, you know, play on the field, happens and we don't like it, and we're telling, them, telling the umpire, hey, here's my glasses, put your glasses on, you need to wear your glasses today, whatever. Well, the first thing we need to start with, we need to get the glass ourselves, but the glass we need to get is a mirror. And we need to begin to look in that mirror before we do anything. The first and most important judgment needs to happen. We need to begin to look at ourselves. Anybody look in the mirror this morning? Come on. Uh, this, is, this is a better question, all right? It's kind of like what I asked Chase when this, when, this, when this tornado hit our hit our home and area. And I said, well, son, how many trees are impacted? He said, well, Dad, I, honestly, it would be easier to count the trees that are left, <laughs> you know. So, so rather than saying how many of you ever looked in the mirror this morning, let me ask it this way. How many of you did not look in the mirror this morning? Got one. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Got two, all right. You know, sometimes it helps to look in the mirror, you know. <laughs> um, but, but we need to do that. How I many you know we're, that's where the judgment really needs to begin? We're working on ourselves. My biggest problem and your biggest problem is not that person over there. And it's not the person you're married to. That's not your biggest problem. It's the biggest problem you're going to have is the person in the mirror. Biggest person I'm going to have to deal with is me, right? Isn't that a bummer? I'm, I'm in control of me. And I'm my biggest problem. <laughs> what a deal, right? 
And so we, we, we take up our glasses, our, that glass mirror, and we look into that. And, and we just got to judge ourselves first. This is where it all begins. Before we can help someone else with that, with that speck of sawdust that they have in their eye, we got to get in the mirror. We got to get that plank. We got to get that two before out of our own eye. What an analogy, Jesus. You Isn't that hilarious? You, you're trying to get this huge or this little speck out of, out of Curtis's eye. And, and uh, my brothers, come on. You know, Rusty, you got to get the plank out of your own eye. I mean, you know, and vice versa. <laughs> you didn't deserve that, did you? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Amen. So it, start, it starts right here. Our judgment will certainly fail without first having a godly self-examination. We look into the mirror. What's the mirror that we're using? We'll look into the mirror of God's Word. Right? We're not, when I look at my mirror, I don't have any of y'all's picture up there. Hey, do I measure up with so-and-so? Do I measure up with, with this person or that person? When I look in the mirror, I'm, I'm looking at me, but when I'm looking at the Word of God, I'm, I'm seeing the reflection of Jesus Christ, and I'm like, ooh, I don't know I really look like I ought to be looking, right? And uh, so we look in the mirror of God's Word, and then we, 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 we pray and we listen to the witness of the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of people's opinions, some more important than others, some y'all just throw away. Yes, Amen. Not worry about others are, are important, and certainly what the Holy Spirit is saying, witness about us, we need to be listening to that, to that. And so as we go in and we say, God, where am I at? And we looked in the mirror of his word, and we listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and we see, and, and God, search me, right? That it's all okay. Then, and only then, can we possibly have the capacity to make correct judgments. Right? We're talking about judgment. Judgment. All right. Um, so there's a judgment of self, and then and then once that's happened, there there is a judgment that involves others. There is, but there's there's a lot of things that that come into play here when in our involvement and judgment of others, making discern having discerning uh, opinions, uh, discerning. Um, uh, judgments of, of certain actions. Um, motives are another thing. I think we've got to be extremely careful with motive. How many of you know that we can, be, we can be guilty of absolutely doing the wrong thing, but yet our, our motive was not, was not wrong? We didn't mean to do the wrong thing. How many of you believe that's possible? Okay? You, you may have made make that just make that mistake sometimes in, in childhood. You you maybe you want to you make a judgment about what's happening in your child's life, and with all the well intentions in the world, you, you make a judgment, you find out later, you know what, my motive was right, but I missed it. I, I did the wrong thing. And um so we we've got to be gotta be really, really careful. But um so judgment associated with others gotta be the right motive. What's the motive if if we're gonna make a judgment on something? What's the motive? What's the right motive? It's to help somebody, right? It's to restore somebody. It's to protect someone. When we're making those, it's, it's because we care about them. If you don't love that person, then don't you dare bring up something that's judgmental. <laughs> Amen. That's judging them. All right? 
You need, to, you need to love them, or you're not going to be able to pour into their life. It's not going to be received. It's not going to be positive. You've got to truly love the person. So to help protect, restore, to help. Um, remember, remember, I'll give you an example of, uh, of what the wrong motive is. And as you remember, the Pharisees, they took a, a, a woman, they brought a woman who was caught in the act of adultery, and they brought her to Jesus. And... And they, and they made all these statements and everything. But, but let, me, let me just say, when they brought her to Jesus, how many of you are familiar with that story? When they, when they brought her to Jesus, did they bring, it to, bring her to Jesus to help her? To restore her? Were they trying to protect her? <laughs> no. No. Absolutely no. Their concern was not for her. Their concern was not for morality. Their motive was to hurt Jesus. They didn't care about her. If we can use her to accomplish our selfish goal, you know, we're going to do it. And so they made this judgment. Here's the question I want to know. They bring this woman caught in adultery and they say, hey, Jesus, what are you going to do? The, the Bible says, the scripture says, as if Jesus doesn't know it, the scripture says that uh, when this happens that she's to be stoned, Right? That's what they did. They brought, him, brought her to Jesus and, and uh, kind of testing him to see if he's really going to hold to the righteous standard. And so they're testing him. What I want to know is, where's the guy? Yeah, how are you all with me, right? I mean, caught in the act of adultery, like, where's the guy at? <laughs> anyway, that's another thing maybe. <laughs> but their motive, what's your motive there's judgment has to be made. As a parent, there's judgments you make. Right? As a leader, there's judgments you make. When you're watching over your family, there's judgments that you make. What's your motive? Those things that we do, we do at a district level sometimes with, with involving ministers, ministries, churches, whatever. And, um, and those, ju- those judgments. And your motive is so critical. And the heart that you bring into that. Right? When judging, we must also have, we must judge with the right method. Judge with the right method. Okay? Jesus, what did he talk about? He's talking about the eye. He's talking about, you know, take care of the plank in your own eye, and then you'll be able to help with the speck in the brother's eye. Interesting that he talked about the eye, because the eye is so sensitive. It's so delicate. In fact, recently I just had a um, uh, skin cancer removed right beside my eye, and um, and uh, and uh, it was. I'm glad that they were being very sensitive. <laughs> I'm glad they just go in there, you know, <laughs> with a sword, <laughs> you know, whatever. And uh, you know, they're very careful. Oh, I'm so sorry, and and you know, they numb you and they help you, and they're doing all this, trying to be very careful. And so that's kind of that. That's how we need to operate. That's how we need to deal with things that have to be dealt with right the right methods are you doing this with sensitivity that's the method we need to use right the right motive the right method come on how many of you have ever been guilty of something and you knew you're going to be held accountable and you're praying for some mercy You're like, oh, and the fear that comes over you, oh, 
how bad is this going to hurt? <laughs> What's this going to cost me? And aren't you glad with somebody, though you know it's got to be dealt with, aren't you glad when somebody does it, they deal with it with sensitivity and with love and care? And I'm glad that God does it that way. And we're, we're to be like him, so we need to do it that way. So when we, when we, when we do get in that position, we have to judge things. Um, we have to make a decision. Um, we do it with the right motive. We do it with the right method. And also when we judge, we do it with the right measure, with the, with the right weight, with the right um, balance that's fair. Yeah? Um, it's what, in other words, what's, what this, what applies to, what applies to you applies to me. And what applies to me applies to you. We don't, there's no respect of persons. How many know with God, there's no respect of persons. He doesn't, you know, the, his judgments are the same and fair across the board. And we, and we have to do that as well. Okay. And, and so when we judge, we judge correctly. We judge with the, with the right measure. And, and there's, no, there's no room for me to be, you know, to be soft on myself and then really hard on you. There's no room for me to be, to be soft on someone because I'm related to them and but, but be hard on others because I'm not related to them. To be soft on someone because they're my friend versus someone who maybe I'm not close to or don't know at all. The measure has to be fair the same. And that's how God works. Right? Listen, we're in this thing. There is, folks, how many of you know there are things that, that God has already declared certain actions to be inbounds or out of bounds, sinful or righteous, Right? How do you believe that? So I don't have to make a judgment. I don't have to go ahead and, and, and ask whether a certain thing is right or wrong. God's already made a judgment on that. What I'm looking at is seeing, you know, have I committed that? <laughs> have I done that? Or has this person done that? Right? And, and some things might be harder to see than in others. God knows. But God, God help us to walk, to walk through this. But we can't be softer. And let me tell you, We've got to be careful in this day where we have thrown away any measure at all. We don't know what to measure against. Brother Steve, you know, I mean, you, you've been in sports all your life and, and in various sports and, and you've seen it. And the thing that holds it together and makes the game work is that there are, there are a set of rules that applies to everybody. Right? And, that, and that's what makes it work. If you would ever throw out that rule book, you've got chaos. And, and you see, and that's where we're at today in our world is that because we have thrown away the Bible, the Judeo-Christian values, it's like there's no rule book. It's like anything goes. And that's why, so the world takes one passage of Scripture, a, a few words, do not judge, and takes them out of context and, and, and just as if there are no rules. How many of you understand that we don't live in a world where there are no rules? There, there are rules. There are divine laws. There is accountability. And, it's, and you and I didn't come up. Listen, I didn't make these rules like God did. 
And how many of you have seen that God's rules are, they're, they're fair and they're good? Who here doesn't, who here thinks you ought to show respect to your, to your parents and to leadership? You know, how many of you believe we ought to do that? How many, how, many of you, how many of you just don't want anybody to steal something that belongs to you? Who, who here wants your, your, your one that you, you married, made a vow to, you, want, you believe they ought to be faithful to you? That, that, we, that, we, that we ought to not, we, we shouldn't covet what somebody else has. That, how, who has any problem with that? And so are we making, do we make judgments on that? Yeah, the, the act is already ju- judged, but has a person been guilty? If, if so, let's help them. And I'm going I'm to get to some things related to this, how we, how we do that. But we judge with the right measure. And what we're dealing with today, we see, we're seeing a society that's justifying every behavior. And, and we're thinking, though, we're walking through it with our feelings. Listen, we need to have feeling. We need to have compassion. We need to deal with love and sensitivity. If we don't have compassion, love, we're not, then we're not sensitive. We're not going to approach things with God's, with God's character and his way. But have you ever noticed how that somebody, all of a sudden, they may have a real conviction that, yeah, this is, this is how God wants us to walk until a family member struggles with a certain issue. And then all of a sudden, they begin to waffle and they begin to get soft on this. If we love each other, if you love me, you're, you're going to help me be accountable to the truth and to righteousness and to what's real. Listen, love is not agreeing with somebody when they're into something that is harmful to them and or society and culture. That's not love. It's not love. How many of you believe that God's ways is, is preventing us from just huge wrecks in our life? You know, and it's not, it's, people say, man, don't, man, don't be so, don't be so rough or so, so hard on that. Couldn't you be a little bit, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, if, if, if Emma or Josiah starts to run out in front of a car out here, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to get with it. Right? And and I'm not and I might even yell. There might even be an occasion where that might it might be okay where you need to yell at somebody. Maybe. <laughs> would that be an occasion where you would do that? Trucks coming down the road, they're on the road. Honey, will you please get out of the road? I told you about your curfew, and honey, will you please get in here? I don't mean to be hard and tough. Boom! You know, it's all over. That's stupid. I remember, <laughs> I remember a, a former superintendent, Gene Jackson. Some of you remember him. Oh, what a great preacher! And he had heard about he heard about a pastor who was being abusive to his wife. And um, yeah, so he heard about. It, so he went to meet with him, and so we met with him after church and went over to to the house that they were living in and set him down together. And uh, and he looked at the wife. He said, um, I've, "I've heard." 
rumored that your husband has been abusive to you, that he's physically been abusive to you. And the head just kind of went down, and and um, and she didn't say anything. And he said, "Listen, I need you to be. I need you to be over." And she just began to cry. Eventually, she kind of nodded her head. She began to break. And he began to. He looked at that husband, and he began to lay into him. And began to tell him how wrong he was and what he was doing was off. Well, listen, but Jesus says, do not judge. Folks, it's not what he's talking about. And Brother Jackson started to talk with him and, and he grabbed him and he said, he said, fortunately, that pastor had a tie on. He said, I reached forward and I grabbed that tie and I pulled him down towards me and I slapped him. And I said, how's that feel? He said, he said, how's that feel? You know, and Brother Jackson said, you know, it felt so good to me. I did it again. <laughs> you know, he said, you know, and, uh, <laughs> he said, you better never, ever, ever let me hear of you being abusive to your wife at any way. If you ever do that, you will never preach in this district or in this nation if I have anything to say about it. You got me? God nodded, apologized, repented, sought for help. Brother Jackson gave his personal money to help him to get some counsel and to walk through it. I think gave him some money so that they could go and have a dinner together sometime. He was tough. He was also very tender. You know what? That guy never did that ever again. Somebody asked him, said, why do you ever do it again? And Brother Jackson said, because no one ever explained it to him that way before. <laughs> what, we're, what we're missing today, a lot of times there's not anybody who holds somebody lovingly accountable. It's like we've gotten into this place where anything goes. Let me, let me I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move into this, this last, or one next to the last piece, but and it leads into what I'm talking about, judgment associated with the church, with the body of Christ. Um, Jesus points out here that, that not everybody is a sheep. Not all are sheep. It's interesting that Jesus even used the terms dogs and pigs when re- referencing some people or how they live. That's interesting. I mean, you know, Jesus just gets down to it, especially when he's talking to the godly people, Right? Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Christian love is not blind, and there's no excuse for being lax in church discipline. Jesus is not teaching. He's not teaching. He says, do not judge. He's not teaching anything goes. Because if there's no rule book, anything goes, and it's chaos. Right? I want to read a couple of scriptures. I want you to mark these. If you have your Bible or you want to write that down, you could take a... Uh, tithe envelope, giving envelope, or whatever, and write this down. Matthew 18, Matthew 18, verse 15 through 17. Matthew 18, 15 through 17. It says this, if your brother, or you could say sister, if someone, uh, brother, sister, if it sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. Folks, listen, this will relieve a lot of problems and a lot of conflict right here. This is how we do it in the church, right? This is how we do it here, right? 
If your brother or sister sins against you, go and show them their fault. Just between the two of you. Why? Because it shouldn't be any bigger than that. When you love somebody, you keep that circle as small as possible. Right? That's what love does. But if they won't listen, then take it to two, one or two others. So that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And if they refuse to listen to them, tell it to the church. You start small, it goes to the next level, the next level. All right? And here's something happened. You go to that person. You try to work it out. If you can't, then you take another person, spiritual leader, spiritual person, somebody connected to that, and you bring them along, and you try to lovingly help them. If that doesn't work you know, on church level, you know, you'd, you'd go before the board. We would talk as a whole board. I don't, that'd be very, very rare that it's possible that you would bring something to the whole church. How many of you know that church discipline, though, is almost non-existent today? It's like there's no accountability. It's like anything, anything goes. I want to read, I want to read one more scripture to you. 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 13. 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 13. You got it? I've written to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. What is, what is sexual immorality? Any, any sex that happens outside of marriage, which God defines for us, and he's the only one who has the right to define it because he created marriage, the only acceptable sexuality, the only acceptable sexuality is between a husband and a wife in the bonds of marriage, right? So he says this, I have written to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Now listen to what he says here. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or they're greedy, greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. All right? He's not talking. Listen, we go around the world. There's people that don't know the Lord. They're still living in darkness. They're living in all of these things. He's not talking about them when he's talking about not associate, associating with them. What does he say? Um, but now I am writing you that you must associate that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother. In other words, a Christian, a fellow believer, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or slanderer, or drunkard or a swindler. That's not an exhaustive list. It's just to give us an example. With such a person, do not even eat. Whew. That's pretty strong. What business of mine, he says, to judge those outside the church are not you to judge those inside. God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked man from among you. This is not anything goes. Church, it is unthinkable, irresponsible, and dangerous to be careless with ourselves and others in regards to things that that God has declared to be out of bounds, sinful, right? Now, here's, here's the problem with that. How many of you have sinned? How many of you have sinned a lot? So, if I've sinned, what right do I have to say to somebody else, you're out of bounds. 
listen. I mean, if I if I've lied, then do, do I no longer speak and say that you know, hey, lying sin. Stop it. If I've ever stolen anything, as a teenager, I stole I stole some stuff. So if I've never stolen anything, does that mean I can't preach about stealing anymore? If there's been divorce, do we no longer speak about the evil of divorce? Or whatever we've been guilty of, and it's all, all of them are in this room. Probably all of them are in our own family. So do we, do we not do that? So don't judge. Just don't judge. That's crazy. It's crazy. No, I'm going to tell you. Either I'm going to, we need to be preaching the same message Jesus is preaching. The standard has stayed the same. We're just preaching at it from different aspects, right? Some can preach about the evils of drug addiction and speak to it from a side. They've never been there, but they've seen the They've seen the fallout from it because they've seen a loved one, a family member go through things though they've never experienced themselves. They've seen the pain of it from that side. Others have gone through it because they've personally experienced it because they were caught up in that. But how do you know both of them, the one who's been guilty of it and the one who hasn't been guilty of it, both of them are preaching the same message. This is harmful. And that's the way we are no matter what topic or subject we're talking about. Some of us, whatever the topic, some of us have been guilty of it. And we're preaching to it in alignment with God's word, telling them, don't do that. I can tell you, it'll cost you. The same time others are preaching from this point, don't do that. I can tell you, it's costly. Sin is costly. Sin is fun for a season. And then we begin to pay price. How are you all talking about? So Jesus is saying, when he says, do not judge it's like, hey, I don't want to ever be judged. Do not judge or you'll not be judged. Well, if I don't judge anybody else, God is not going to judge me. That's false. This is a few words. You've got to look at the whole scripture, the whole passage of what Jesus is saying. He's talking about a judgmental spirit, religious people going around and judging people, judging people outside the church, judging the world, you know, pointing out all their sins and all their flaws. That's the Holy Spirit's fault. I mean, that's, that's his responsibility, rather, not fault, responsibility. To deal with people, to convict people, and to convict me. Amen. We preach and we model the best we know how. Righteousness, wherever we fall and fail and have fallen or failed in our life, it's our, it's our responsibility to confess it, to repent, and turn. You know what? Yeah, that's what I did, but that's not what I'm doing today. That's who I used to be, but it's not who I am today. Yeah, I used to be a liar, but I'm not anymore. Yeah, I used to do that, but I'm not anymore. And I'm glad that there was a judgment against that because unless there's a judgment, there can be no conviction. Unless there's a conviction, there's not going to be really any reason to change. And we're just living in a world where it's like there's no rules and we're pretending that we're pretending this crazy idea that everybody can just do whatever they want and we're going to have just this happy world because there's no rules and there's no wrong and just don't judge me.
But how many know what keeps us all in check is that there's going to be the final judgment. Acts 17, Acts 17, 31. For he who has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed, he has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. It's Jesus Christ. How I many know oh, Jesus is he's judging the living and the dead? Um, he's the ultimate judge. He's going to judge me, what I do, how I live. He's going to judge me on things that you can see. He's going to judge me on things that you can't see. You can't see my motive. In some cases, you may or may not be able to discern it, but God knows without question. He knows my motive, and he knows yours. Right? But folks, we, we, we've, with God's help, we've got to make correct judgments. In fact, we'll get to this here in a, in a week or two. When he, talks, when he talks to people, he said, what? You will know them by their, by their what? What fruit? Is all fruit the same? Well, how do you know what fruit is okay and what fruit's not okay? You have to make some judgment. Do you see judgment is involved? Discernment, judgment. You got to be able to see, but we see through God's eyes. And when God does this, it's always, always to help us. Always. Always.